Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hello and welcome to the Motor Mouth Podcast with Harry Benjamin and Tim Sylvie. This is the place where we meet some of the biggest names in and around motorsport, chat about their lives and everything in between. We've partnered with the Brain Tumor Charity, a cause we care deeply about. And this March is Brain Tumor Awareness Month. And we'll be sharing a couple of special podcasts uncovering those within the motorsport community who've been affected by these devastating diagnoses. Plus, the Brain Tumor Charity is also running the Conquer the challenge from March through to May, a virtual fundraiser for those fitness inclined. And there's a leaderboard. So if you're competitive, then this is definitely for you. All the details are at thebraintumorcharity.org. Together, we can help every single person affected by a brain tumour. This season, we're delighted to be teaming up with Grid Rival. If your football mates are constantly going on about their fantasy leagues, well, now you can get your own back and create your own racing fantasies. Thanks to Grid Rival, including F1 and MotoGP, you can select your own teams and drivers, interact with other fans, and join or create your own leagues where you can trade on the go to make sure you have the ultimate lineup for every race. If you're as obsessive about motorsport as we are, make sure you set up on Grid Rival today. Head to their website, gridrival.com, or download their app from your app store. 2021 leagues are now live, so download the app, set up your own league, or you can join ours. Come on, have a go with us. Just search for Motormouth Official, select your team and drivers, and we'll see who comes out on top. Hello, Tim Sylvie here. Now today we're doing something totally new and chatting to someone to try and give something back to those looking to find their purpose or pursue their professional dream. But before we introduce today's guest, I need to head over to Essex to introduce a man who studied the art of theatre at Rada, hosted his own radio show on Hits Radio and spent his formative broadcasting years treading the Formula E boards, learning from our former podcast guest, Nicky Shields. He's now head of media here at Motormouth and perhaps one day we should chat through his career. It's Harry Benjamin. How are you? <laughs> Absolutely not. Um, <laughs> yeah, I'm not too bad. Uh, yeah, the day you get me on, I'll be too old, Tim. No. Um, <laughs> Don't talk to me about age. Yeah. Um, no, I'm good, thank you. Uh, as ever, thank you for the for the very kind introduction. It's actually a very lovely day uh, today mm. to record, which is nice. And then with all the news recently from the government, although I take it with a pinch of salt, things seem to be 
looking better, yeah. I suppose. I'm, I'm cautiously optimistic. I've even started exercising again. How exciting is that? Get out I'm of back town. On the Les Mills. I've done two this week and I'm feeling very full of myself. I knew you were looking trimmer. I know. Um, I know. Yeah, it's, it's, it is looking a bit more positive, isn't it? Um, it feels like there's an end in sight. Um, touch wood, actually, by the time this is released, um, we might be into a couple <gasps> of phases. Maybe we'll be in a pub. Who knows? We might be able to go to a pub outside. But yeah, oh my God. The moment the pubs are open, we are definitely going to go and have a boozy afternoon in London. Crack the red wine yes. open. Mm. Um, actually, last time we did that, um, we went for one, didn't we? And ended up having about two bottles. And may I, I add that you insisted on that as well. It wasn't me, it was you. Yeah. Very much you on that. <laughs> um, shall I introduce today's guest? Oh, I think so. We've rambled long enough. We have. So... If you want to be a graphic designer, if you want to work in most sport, this is going to be the show for you. You might even want to aspire to work in Formula One. Listen on, dear friends. Jake Paul is today's guest, and he does all of that. His story shows that it's never too late to pursue your dreams or change your path. He went from a city graduate to a banker to a graphic designer who now works for the most important and high-profile motorsport rights holder in the world. He's quickly building somewhat of a cult following online for the work he shares on social media. Jake Paul, not the wanky American one. Welcome to the Motormouth yeah. podcast. <laughs> Thanks for the uh, the introduction. Um, Very well. Yeah, the cult of Jake is is rapidly rapidly growing. It um, is. It's seems growing. to be a political party. Absolutely. Know, yeah. yeah. I'd, I'd more than happily have you running the country instead of uh, Bojo. No, no, don't wish that on the country. <laughs> um, now, Jake, uh, you and I know each other from past lives. So um, we did some work together at a, um, a sports marketing consultancy called Right Formula in London. But you haven't really. Um, touch base too much since we're on a, a discord channel together and we've we've chatted a bit through there um but um how's things you know what, what what's happening how have you been spending lockdown how have you been coping with all of that um yeah um so yeah hello um good to see you again um, yeah i think it's uh, it's been pretty much the same as everyone else's it's just been um a lot of spare time a lot of time staring at the same four walls and yeah. trying to you know um keep a, a grip on sanity um luckily my my girlfriend has has put up with me for however many months it's been now um you know the relationship has, has probably actually got better which is, which is always a nice thing so um I, I think in the grand scheme of things i've probably not had too bad a time as you know some other people have kept my job, um, kept myself busy. So, yeah, I mean, no no real complaints from me anyway. Yeah, mm. no, that's good. And, and your job is what we, we want to hear about and, and, and learn how you how you got there, I suppose. So can we take it back to the start? You know, where, where was home and, and what was what was the, the path to where you are now? Because I, I imagine it wasn't completely straightforward. Uh, no, it's you, you kind of need a roadmap, a sat-nav and probably one of the really fancy GPS phones. <laughs> uh, so home is Grey's in Essex. Um, hey. an Essex oh, boy another as Essex well. lad. Um, <laughs> yes. So yeah, uh, Essex, uh, not born, but definitely raised. I'm actually a hidden brummy. Um Ooh. And yeah, it's it's been a, a bit of a wild one. Um, went to uni, did a law degree, um, discovered halfway through that degree that I actually really, really um, liked. Well, I knew I liked graphic design. I just didn't know what graphic design necessarily was. And uh, yeah, I got an opportunity working for my students' union. Did that for a little bit. 
fell in love was kind of like, wow, this is a job. Like, <laughs> you get paid to do this. This is kind of crazy because in my head, work was always something that was really boring. Yeah. And people wait till the weekend. And uh, yeah, I was halfway through a law degree, finished the law degree just because I'd started it. And my mum had told all her friends that I was going to be like in suits basically um <laughs> did pan out that way it was very different from that um yeah i graduated went in did a um a, a job as a paralegal for a little while um hated every waking second of my existence doing it did you what why was that is that because of the the long hours and the stress associated with it yeah and i i just found it to be like a culture that i wasn't really i'm a laid-back guy i'm not you know I, i'm not really into like backstabbing and stuff like that you know i'm, I'm my parents are, are very much kind of like you know tell it as it is and you know if, if people have got an issue with it they got an issue with it but you know don't lie to them don't lie to yourself um and i just felt that that was just too many politics mm. like i'm not a politician although i alluded to it earlier um you know it's it was just too it's too much stress just trying to manage all these relationships and you know lawyers effing and blinding at you in, in emails is yeah, it's funny at first and it starts getting a little bit personal. So, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. just wasn't cut out for it. Um, so, yeah, long story short, I was looking to get out of that. Got a job working for a bank doing um, my PPI remunerations, which is as boring as it sounds. Oh, one of those, yeah. I've, it, I, I, yeah. I, I, that's actually real. Yes. Like, yeah, you have to sit there and you have to, you have like the most complex Excel spreadsheets of all time. And then you basically have to calculate the actual. Uh, so I wasn't bringing people up asking if they had PPI, but yeah. I had to calculate how much the person was going to get back. Which, oh which, I, which, don't get me wrong, was kind of rewarding because these people would never see that the check was coming. So they would no. just get a random check one day, which, like, yeah, sorry about that. We owe you like seven pounds. Yeah, I got one. Pounds. I got one. Yeah, but. You got you know, one. Yeah, wow. I got one. I got one for about. Um, it wasn't it was over a grand and I didn't expect it I, I did get called by one of those PPI people yeah. saying you know we can help you and, I, and their commission was massive but I was like screw it I mean I, I'm not going to do it on my own so just crack on and they literally you know a few weeks later went through everything and said here you go here's, here's a check for a thousand pounds or whatever it was and you know crack on amazing best investment you ever made yeah, yeah that I didn't <laughs> even know I made yeah, yeah exactly <laughs> so at this point did you, did you know that presumably you grew up with a bit of an arty angle um, and I guess you you knew that you enjoyed art. Is is that fair to say, or did the whole thing come later when you were at uni and thought actually you know that there's more to life and and perhaps I should I should try something new and, and discovered that you had a hidden talent? No, I've always been arty. Um, shout out to uh, James, one of my um, oldest friends. Her older brother was this. I still, I still think he's the greatest artist I've ever seen. And he wanted to become a graphic designer later on in his life and stuff. Um, not that he is now, but he was just such an like influence on me when I was growing up. One of my dad's friends was a cartoonist, so sort of seeing a lot of what he did. And he was drawing like Mickey Mouse and Goofy, and he'd go over to his house as like a four-year-old, and he'd give you like some new art thing he'd drawn. You just thought it was amazing. So I've I've always been someone who's like drawing or you know just or even music. It didn't really matter. I just kind of have to have an outlet. That I've, now that I'm nearly 30, I've discovered that like that is kind of what I actually need to, you know, food, water, and, you know, something to make something, I guess, because otherwise I just get, I, I just, I'm not very happy. Um, mm. And, you know, it's all about happiness. You know, I, I don't, I'm such an advocate for people having jobs that they're actually, you know, passionate about, really, you know, driven by, and, 
you know, there's some success and some reward from it because you are so passionate about it. Um, so yeah, it was, it's kind of always been been something that I've, I've always dabbled in and been interested in. And it just kind of, I think it fell in this kind of Venn diagram of like being interested in computers and art. And it's the combination of the two when you look at it in, in the grand, like grand scheme of things. So, um, yeah, I just kind of fed into it. You know, there was a, we had it in school, but it was always, you know, like people coming around those clear folders. And, yeah, yeah. You know, oh, I made like a label. And I was like, what? Like, yeah. no. So I took art at GCSE. And, um, yeah, yeah, I didn't really understand what graphic design was. When you found yourself in this, you know, city job, I suppose, there are a lot of people find themselves in after university when they've, you know, followed a, a stereotypical route. I don't know if that's the right way of, of putting it, but it is often a lot of people go to university, they do a degree that can broadly get them sort of any kind of job in the city. And then that's where, you know, they make lots of money and that's how they sort of do their life. And often they, they don't get that creative outlet. You had that in the back of your mind the whole time, I'm imagining. When did the switch come? And and where was the motorsport in that as well? Um, so no motorsport. I didn't watch motorsport until 2017 when I started right. working for um, the agency. Um, I mean, I was in the interview kind of like, is this Hamilton? Please tell me he's still a Who? Thing. Uh, yeah, yeah. I was, <laughs> I was like, because like I got... Anyway, yeah, I'm probably skipping ahead slightly. Um, it was always in the back of my head. There was all these like adverts at the time when I worked in the bank uh, that I spotted one day. And it was um, for this place called Shillington, which is like a fast track graphic design course thing and it replanted the seeds kind of reminded me and at the time I was also reading uh, Rob Green's book Mastery which is about how you know masters of um, different industries and um, stuff like that how and why they are good at what they do and you know he talks about stuff like flow state um, you know and people kind of getting that laser focus I was like all right so what do I you know, what do I do in my day-to-day that gives me that laser focus? And what could I theoretically be a master of or get close to being, you know, uh, good at? And I was like, oh, it's always graphic design. Like, I always just kind of switch off. And it's literally like, um, you know, I'm the only thing in the room and that's the only thing in the world that kind of matters at that point in time. And I just want to finish it. So it was those kind of two things. And reaching a breaking point, I think, you know, with my actual job, I was so unhappy. I was working crazy hours. I was working, you know, over the holidays weekends my um mental health took an absolute hit my physical health took an absolute hit um i think like over a month period i think i was like not sick for about three days where i was just repeatedly getting like ill waking up in night sweats and literally like it was like my like someone just thrown water on me because i was like so stressed out all the time and i didn't actually know it was stress i just thought like oh i'm just really sick like i'll just go to work again and uh yeah it was just kind of like i can't keep doing this i was convinced i was gonna like die by about four like I was like, I'm going to give myself a heart attack or like something's going to happen. Like my blood pressure must be through the, like the roof. I was like, I can't keep doing this. I was like, this is, life is supposed to be about like, you know, those moments that you really enjoy or, um, you know, passion and, and stuff like that. And I was like, I need that. I need that back. So it was, I literally one day went into the office. I can't remember the, the um, director or someone said something. I was like, nah, nah, I'm done. And uh, I've kind of walked off, went outside, rang my dad and said, dad, like, I know you're in the office right now, but can you just draft me like a banging resignation? Uh, <laughs> he's like, yeah, yeah, sure, no worries. Uh, I mean, he took it well. I thought he was going to be, I was living at home at the time. So I was like, he's going to be asking me, you know, like, what are you doing next? But 
they knew how unhappy I was and how sort of ill I was making myself in that situation. So I resigned. Um, and it blagged to everyone that I was going to be a graphic designer. Like, they were like, oh, it's what you got next. You must have something great planned. I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah I'm going to be a graphic designer. They're like, so, oh, that's amazing. I had no idea. And I'm like, no. No, neither have I. I had nothing lined yeah. up. So, so at that point, you've, you've, you've quit your what could be a very lucrative and successful career oh, yeah. in the city yeah. and um, and you're sitting at home unemployed um, thinking, um, well, I've got graphic design to fall back on but no real interviews or prospects at that stage. No. So, so how did you sort out your mental health, get yourself back on the straight and narrow and, and find yourself working in the industry that you, you always wanted to? Um... I mean, those were, those were, I mean, I've had darker days uh, in my life. They're, they're in the top 10. I'd probably rank, you know, if we're going to do a power ranking of, of Jake's worst moments. Um, Powered by AWS. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> shout, out, Ed, uh, shout out to AWS. Um, yeah, I, th- I think it was a case of just like, okay, right, let's apply this laser vision. And also, you know, like I said, I bribed to like all my colleagues and, you know, to save face. Like, look, I'm going to be a graphic designer. Oh, I'm, oh, I'm really good at it. I was like, I haven't used Photoshop now in like three, four years. I can't remember how to use it. I haven't used half the programs that are in like the Adobe suite, the, you know, the main suite of programs. Uh, I think it was just, I have to, like, I, I'm a massive Michael Jordan fan, and you know a, a, any exercise that involves building a chip for yourself, um, as as he did several times. I'm, I'm quite good at that too. I've discovered, and if it if it turns into a sort of you need to prove someone wrong about you, that's like lighting a fire under mm. me. The, it kind of drives me absolutely insane. So um, it was kind of, it was a mixture of that and trying to prove to my dad as well that like actually, you know, I'm not a, a, a law graduate dropout or, you know, a former bank, you know, it was, it was I, I have to, like if I, if I fail in this, I'm going to look like an absolute idiot when I come crawling back into, you know, the bank. Oh, can I have a job back please? So it was, yeah, it, it was just trying to, to really um, harness um the potential I thought I had, rightly or wrongly, um, and, and sort of create something that um, I could be proud of. Because ultimately, yeah. we all want to be proud of ourselves, right? Did, did you have any help um, outside of your sort of your inner sort of strength? Because you describe what it is. It's quite a cloud, I suppose, you're in, aren't you? And it takes a lot of mental strength to be able to, to help yourself, first of all. So, I mean, and firstly, well done for being able to make that call and go, you know what, I've had it. You know what, here's my resignation, I'm out. But getting to that stage, were you able, was it just for you through pure inner, I'm done? Or did you manage to reach out to anybody along the way? No, I didn't know a single person. I mean, that was actually levied against me when I got my um, first design job because they were like, "Oh, we're not sure if we should hire you because you don't, you know, your network is lawyers. It's not graphic mm. designers." They're right. like, "Do you have any graphic designers you talk to?" I was like, "I don't know anyone." So uh, yeah, it, it was it was uh, yeah an exercise in, in just trying to uh, understand what the industry was, what mm. they want, and trying to sort of morph and chameleon into you know into that sort of mold i guess yeah so so then what were those next steps then after you your resignation was handed in you said to yourself you're going to be a graphic designer whether you know how to do it or not uh, how did you go about then what were the things you needed to tick off your list first before you you know felt confident enough to sort of go for, for these big jobs um so i think i was kind of fortunate so at the time i was playing still playing british american football so i used um the 
team that I played for, um, they had like their social channels and obviously, you know, we've got a match on Sunday and blah, blah, blah. Um, I managed to kind of persuade them to let me do the designs and stuff for that, which was a great test bed just for like um, understanding how people react to things and stuff like that. But from a you know purely program level, it was almost creating a, um, a course for myself, I guess. Like, okay, right, I've opened Photoshop. I know what that one does. I know what that one, I don't know what that one does. So let's, let's look into what that one does. And um, it was just a case of learning the tools, relearning the tools, and then looking at what other designers do and trying to deconstruct it and do it myself. Obviously, I'm not saying that you should then do that and then post it and go, hey, look at this Nike yeah. I, I, I made. Um, but just trying to understand, like, you know, okay, so why why did they use that colour? Why? Oh, colour theory. Okay, there's a colour wheel. Oh, right, so it's like that one and that one. Those. Are, oh, okay. And it's kind of, you end up just cutting down these paths and then you kind of pull yourself back out again and then you end up going down another mm. path. And I think, luckily for me, uh, being a law student, a former law student, you know, reading vast swathes of information and having to retain it probably paid off for me in the greatest, um, you know, respect of being a graphic designer. And if there are any aspiring graphic designers out there, research. I mean, I go on about this all the, all the time, whether it's on my YouTube videos or on my Twitter. Research gets you into so many different places, into, you know, uh, the mindset of so many different people. And it's so important because it gives you context. Um, and that's probably applicable to, to every other industry as well. But obviously, I can speak to design. And, and when did the motorsport side of things appear? Um, your first work that your your first paid work essentially was was not motorsport orientated i believe so when did when did the racing side of it first creep on the radar and, and become a bit of an interest um so yeah i lost my job because i actually blew out my acl playing american football Ooh, um, ouch. and i yeah lost my job just that christmas and started to then i had like a much clearer idea because i've had a graphic design job at this point um, of what a portfolio looks like how do you present yourself who should you apply to etc and for whatever reason i appeared on the radar of this uh, recruiter um and I mean, we could do a podcast on recruiters and my experiences with them um, but, um, <laughs> i used to i, I used every- to be one of those careful Ugh, I could tell Tim. Just a quick side story. Some when I was eighteen, I got approached yeah. by a LinkedIn recruiter for some job at Penguin Roundhouse to be the editor of their um, <laughs> books. I was vastly, vastly underqualified. I had not been to university yet, so recruiters are hit and miss to say very the very hit and miss, <laughs> very hit and miss. Uh, so with that in mind, I yeah. took everything he said with um, a very large portion of salt. I'm like, nah, and whatever. So he, he rings me up one day and he's like, oh, you know, I've seen your portfolio. Um, I'm, you know, I'm searching for a designer for a uh, agency and they do sport. I'm like, oh, sport. I've got a massive uh, American sports fan, uh, dabble with Manchester United on and off, depending on how well they're doing. Um, <laughs> I'm joking. Uh, so I was like, yeah, that's, that's awesome. But, you know, similar to you, Harry, I kind of thought, I haven't really like graduated. I'm not in the sort of class yet to kind of even be factored into this. So I was like, all right, yeah, I mean, put my CV forward if you want, but I'm not going to get like a callback. I got a callback. So I'm like, oh, okay. Um, 
I was like, no, I'm just going to go to the interview and just get some experience. So I could talk to some designers. I can bounce my ideas off them, hear their feedback on my portfolio, you know, easy. Yeah. Went to it and just hit it off with, with uh, Derek and Ryan uh, immediately. Uh, got on like a house on fire, frankly. And it just kind of, yeah, exploded from that. The motorsport element didn't even really factor in because I just I just used to find it really boring. One of my uh, friends in my friend group was a massive F1 fan, and he just drones on about it. So I was like, oh, "That's really boring. I don't I don't care." Um, and yeah, it, it kind of it developed because I was so involved with it and my my working week and you know what I was staring at all day are race cars. So naturally, you're kind of like, "Oh, this is a this is quite a cool looking machine." Um, yeah, maybe I'm going to watch it on Sunday. And the first race I watched was 2017 um, Melbourne Grand Prix. And, yeah, it was kind of like, okay, oh, I see Logitech. Logitech's on the McLaren. We've just done, like, this. the agency just, you know, sort of helped do this deal. That's really cool. Like, And it was just this weird moment of, like, here is this office in central London that is being seen across the people don't know they can see it but they can see this logo on this car and that's our direct impact that i'm now watching on tv mm. and it was kind of like wow from from that point i was kind of hooked i think and you know you've got the storylines you've got everything else and yeah it's, it's kind of hard to to not get excited by yeah it. and and your uh, logos that you mentioned there you know logos that you ended up working on and designing yourself have had a very big impact in in formula one and we'll, we'll come on to that um so you you've you've made your way into motorsport you're getting to grips with formula one becoming a bit of a fan formula one when does that happen i mean what an opportunity to go and work for as i said at the top the the biggest motorsport um rights holder on the planet yeah um so i actually ended up leaving the agency and took a sabbatical uh, i guess from sport i was feeling a bit burned out um and i I don't know. I was also looking to like buy a house, so I was like, "Well, this is a perfect you know, you know, you leave, someone offers you a lot more money, bang." Um, so it was kind of like having a break from that, and I then found myself just I wasn't happy in that job. I think I'd been offered a, a lot of promises that just weren't being fulfilled, um, and it just wasn't as fulfilling as formula. I mean, I was sitting there trying to. But like it was for a, a print company and if I could get F1 like Easter eggs into like designs for like I don't know a business card like believe me like I would do it I would put like you know Michael Schumacher on it or something <laughs> and yeah it was, it was still kind of going on ticking over in my head and one day I'm on the train going home and I just saw this uh, this job on LinkedIn and I was like oh Oh, okay. This is this is interesting. If I'm looking for a designer, I've got some experience in that. And it was like one of those weird moments where it was as if I wrote my own job description because <laughs> it was like it, it was quite literally like you know, um, Jake, if you can do this, and I was like, yeah, I can do that. Oh, if you can do this, if you have experience doing this, and it was quite literally the job I'd left um, for this job. And yeah, it, it it worked out fine. You know, I went to the interview, and it was again sort of you know nice connection a quick interruption to the show to remind you to check out our sponsors grid rival grid rival is an absolute must for any racing fan i've been looking to join fantasy motorsport leagues for absolutely ages and grid rival does that and so much more with an experience like no other real-time fantasy games the best content and a community of fans grid rival is a must for 2022 
2021. Get ready for the motorsport season with Grid Rival today. Fantasy leagues are now live, so make sure you head to their website. It's gridrival.com or download their app from your app store so you can set up your own league or join ours. Just search Motormouth Official and you can join our league and go up against us if you think you're tough enough. What a, uh, a buzz that must be when you read that and you just go, that is the job for me because that doesn't happen very often. I don't think with a lot of people and you just no. go, I'm, I'm, I'm made for this job. So f- first day, what does that involve? What is what is an average day, I suppose, for you <laughs> now? Uh, well, so I suppose an average day um, pre-COVID, uh, we'll yeah. put that in. Um, well, look, I, I always, when I was looking for graphic design jobs, I always want something that is buried. I don't want to do the same thing over and over. I mean, I went to like a, a job interview for like a cruise company and it was, you know, like, oh, we, we designed the brochure every every day. We're designing the brochure. Oh, great. No, not for me. Um, <laughs> whereas, you know, sport, motorsport, F1, it, it really, it does vary. And you just have so much more excitement, I think, and, you don't stagnate and get bored so quickly. So it, it varies, you know, with a lot of what I do deals with partners and partnerships. And, you know, one day I might be working on something to do with Heineken. Um, then you've got AWS and, you know, for a designer to kind of be able to be like, okay, I am F1, but I'm also going to incorporate elements from AWS, elements from Heineken um, off the top of my head and kind of merging those two worlds together and kind of creating concepts from it. So um, I do a lot of conceptualizing, um, mock-ups, creating ideas for activations for our existing partners and for partners who, you know, we're talking to who might come on board. Um, You know, stuff like Zoom, for example, have probably been one of our more recent additions, I guess. as I said, it, it it really does vary. One day, you know, you could be working on on a sheet brand, and then the next day, it's all the way up to I don't know a technology company. So it, you know, you you really are uh, spoiled for choice. I think when it comes to projects and interest. What what do you think's been your favourite design that you've worked on? Is it is it one of is it one of those partner um, uh, activations, or, or would it go more down the the movements route? You know, we're talking about like end racism and you know Black Lives Matter and all those sorts of things that you've you've been involved with. What's what's been your highlight? Um, oof, that's a hard one. Because they're all like your children, really. You spend so much time um, with them. Um, I think I, w- I would probably put that in racism as, as you know, number one. Um, you know, given the the scenario that we were presented with, I mean, um, you know, without going too deep into into that whole subject, uh, George Floyd passed. I think it was the day after my birthday, and I found myself in a very dark place once again. Um, remember that. You know, top ten power rankings thing. Um, so it was, it was a it was a sort of dark period, and I think you know being in in a COVID situation, being you know in the four walls, and being like you could you know I'm talking to my parents about this, I'm talking to various people about you know the, the stuff that came up as a result, but I just kind of felt like I wasn't actually getting better or feeling better, and. Yeah, the opportunity presented itself internally that, you know, we're going to be doing this thing, we think it's the right thing to do, and we'd love for you to kind of come on board and sort of, you know, shape that. And 
uh, yeah, it, it was it was very much like a we. It was a very fast turnaround. I didn't even have time to really think about it. But it was one of the most like cathartic experiences I think design has ever given me because it really was kind of like creating yourself out of a slump or creating yourself mm. out of uh, um, a bit of a funk or, or you know I wouldn't want to call it a depression. It, it was it was just a, a rough emotional time and to sort of uh, go from from that into three sixteen knowing like. On the Friday, you know, I think it was Monday I was starting doing it. Tuesday, we were trying to, like, get it finalised and approved. Wednesday, you know, right, we need to get this out to Austria, et cetera, et cetera. It was such a, a crazy experience to see all the drivers, to see, like, Lewis wearing it. You know, the, those, that's something that you, you can't put a price on. It really is kind of, like, wow. And to sort of see the reaction from it, the good, the bad, and everything in between, but still know that it was you who did it in your you know, one bed flat in Chelmsford and it's kind of had this impact across the world. I'm seeing it in TV shows that I watch all the time. You know, it's, yeah, you can't put a price on that. It really was kind of like one of those dream come trues because, you know, one of the questions you always get asked in interviews is, oh, you know, what... What do you what do you want for your designs? You know what would be the best thing about? And it's always like you know it has an impact. Yeah. And you know it was it my greatest ever design? No, it really wasn't. But well, it's quite a simple it's design, the, isn't it? I mean, it's 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 simple. It's simple. And that was also we went all the way to crazy and kind of came all the way back yeah. because I was like, you know what? It's a simple message. We don't want it to be hampered by, you know, if it's distorted or there's something over it and people can't read. It should be bang in your face. There it is. Yeah. So, yeah. Would you say that's been one of your biggest challenges since since you've taken on the role? Um, what in in what regard? Well, just in terms of you know, the, 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 I suppose the the pressure that you put on yourself and and sort of and on such a global level as well. But everyone's wearing, as you say, Lewis Hamilton's wearing it. Or or is there anything else that's been a challenge? But I imagine that, especially with all the COVID regulations as well, that must have been quite a, a lot of pressure to handle. Yeah, I would say so. Um, I think there's a, a really good sort of infrastructure. Um, you know, one of the, the best things about working for F1, having kind of dipped my toe in at sort of you know, like a high city level of design and kind of then going and, and leaving and going to, um, you know, somewhere where design isn't such a priority and it isn't something that is as high up on the list as, as other other things for a, a business. Um, we We are, you know, We've got the creme de la creme of, you know, designers, um, you know, commercial directors, comms departments, etc. So I've got a very good support system around me in terms of, you know, hey, mate, can you have a look at this? Um, and at that point in time, because of the, the gravity of, of what that logo was going to be and what it represented, I had, a you know, an infrastructure around me that allowed me to kind of, you know, push myself to my absolute, like, limit in terms of, like, right, could we do X, Y, Z? And for someone to kind of go, all right, mate, you've you done it. Like, that's it. That's the one. And, uh, you know, again, that, that's something that you can't put a price on because to be in something, a situation like that by yourself is, is even more pressure. I mean, I would say... The, mo- the most pressure I've probably felt is when I've been doing those Lewis Hamilton um, sort of celebratory social posts because it's it's a little less, there's a little less that people can get involved in. You know, if someone just says the concept is it's Lewis, he's in his car, baby Lewis is in his go-kart and we're going to put some text behind it. That's a pretty basic brief yeah. and it's, there's not too much complication around it. It's just trying to fine-tune it and find, you know, where, where do you kind of 
stop doing stuff to it. So I would say that's probably the more pressure situation. And those ones are interesting because, like you say, you're releasing them on socials, and and you do a lot on your your Twitter. You know, you you release collabs for people to join in on. You release um, your own bespoke work that you may have created from you know I don't know a Lewis Cap and and a, and a lovely picture of him, and and you show your processes. You know, you, like you say, you deconstruct these pictures and put them out there. And the F1 Twitter community can be a brutal place. Um, have have you experienced that yet? Have you have you because you're you're sort of making your way through Twitter and becoming this sort of like I said you've got this sort of little cult following growing and growing and growing now of designers and young people that are sort of trying to emulate your style in a way. Have have you've had a lot of positive feedback, but have you have you experienced the bad side of F1 Twitter yet? Uh, if I'm honest, no, um, not not particularly. I think you. I, I think the. I think there's just a lot of um, positivity when it comes to stuff like that. I think, you know, without, again, getting too deep, F1 and its history of design, there's a rich heritage there. But when it comes to sort of social media and um, people who are out in the world creating it, I don't necessarily think until maybe the last couple of years, F1 was probably in those top... Everyone, you know, gravitates NBA, NFL, yeah. football, etc. I don't think F1 was really on the radar because... It, I don't know. Like it, it just wasn't. So I think, you know, I think that we're still probably in the honeymoon period. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that, that, that's fair, dude. Enjoy it. Enjoy it. I've got just one question on the. Uh, I don't know. If, I don't know how much you can say as an F1 employee about this, right? But mm. um, a few years ago, obviously. Um, Formula One had its logo, which had been around forever, and everyone was very familiar with it and absolutely loved it. Oh, yes. And then they said, "Oh, we're gonna we're gonna change it. There's gonna be something new." And all these iterations came out, and then boom, this this new F1 logo appeared. Um, and are you able to cast an opinion on that? I mean, I know it's before <laughs> your time, but like at, at the time, everyone was like, "What is this mess?" I think we were in the office together, though. Were I'm, we? I'm ninety, yeah, I'm ninety nine percent sure. Like because I remember when and where we were having this conversation. Oh, yeah. in the office. And we were, we were sat at our desk, and obviously your desk was opposite mine. Yeah, anyway. yeah. So, yeah, I mean, as a design team, we obliterated it. We, like, yeah. What is this? What this is, is this? Absolute uh-huh. trash. Yeah. This is like some, like, you think you're RoboCop? <laughs> like, what is it? I don't, I don't understand it. It looks like a, I don't know. We, we have very strong opinions uh, about it. But, you know, like everything, you know, if you're McDonald's and you rebrand or you're LinkedIn and you rebrand, Everyone has a has a strong opinion about yeah. it, and then they forget that opinion. And with you know, a bit of F one, uh, next month will be two years, and God. I'm so interlinked with it. I mm. fully, you know, design is like a language, especially when you come to like brands and stuff. And I'm fluent in F one now, yeah. So it it doesn't. I don't find it weird. I would. Say, I don't think most fans find it weird now. Anyway, no, used to it now. With that old logo, I was so late to the party in realizing that the one for F1 yeah, yeah. was actually in the middle. I, I was like, I thought the one was the bit with all the lines coming out of the. And I was like, when I realized that, I was like, oh, okay. Yeah. So that's how well I uh, took notice. You're of like the those, wait, those... wait till you see the UPS logo with the arrow that they've hidden in that. Oh, what? Don't, don't hang on. Hang on. Don't, oh my it's a, it's a design don't Easter blow my mind. Right, oh, well, that could design oh, okay. Easter egg. Um, UPS, I'm going to look at this now. Oh, right. uh, wait. No, no, no. Not UPS. Um, oh, God. What is it? It's an American postal. DHL? FedEx. 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 It's FedEx. Sorry. It's FedEx. Yeah. Okay, let's, let's have a look at this. Hang on. So, it's real subtle, but it's... it's oh, there. yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, I would never have seen that. Yeah, it, so, let's show me. So, so, okay, so you see there's an arrow pointing at, at the arrow. It's a bit fuzzy. Can you see that on my screen? Yeah. So th- that's one of those things where you go, yeah, that's really clever, but 
Do, is anyone going to really notice that? And it, it, someone's sure, probably spent hours over that. And it's like I've ne- I've looked at that logo so many times and never is seen that. Is that just error. for the designer's benefit, really? Because he knows it's there, or he or, or she knows it's there, or, or the cynic would just tell you that they've just kind of noticed that there was an arrow there and yeah. told everyone, like, oh, look, <laughs> look yeah, how I meant, we are. I meant I meant for it to be there. Exactly. Um, now, if we if we go back on, a, you know, when you were starting out, you know, you said, you know, you knew a little bit about Photoshop, but not loads of it. What do people need to know? What What is the best way to learn? What products do people need to get to, to get on the road towards becoming a, a full-time professional graphic designer? Um, so, I mean, I will always suggest using um, Photoshop. Um, the Adobe suite is the industry standard. Um, there are other products um, called Affinity. They've got uh, Affinity Designer, Affinity mm. Photo off the top of my head, which I think they've also got like, iPad apps and stuff. But, um, you know, those are more... Friendlier on your wallet, shall I say? Um, yeah, and actually, if you're a university student, you can yeah. get a, a student discount for the Adobe uh, suite as well, I believe. Yeah, they've been known to haggle. They've been known to haggle. So, um, <laughs> you know, drop, drop them a message. Uh, yeah, so those those are the programs. Uh, other programs, you know, you if, ultimately, if your if your aspiration is that you want to work in the in the sports industry or become a professional and work in a different industry, you want to be using the, the tools that everyone else uses because otherwise it's a harder sell to a recruiter or um, hire a hire but you know you need to be taught how to use this other program um and in terms of sort of a syllabus i guess it it's a very that's a hard question because there's so much that you would need to to learn and understand um photoshop is obviously always going to be number number one to an extent um but as a professional when i kind of joined sports i didn't really know how to use indesign for example which is another program um more kind of uh, word processory and, and sort of editorial base um i really know how to use it that much and at this point i would say i'm like a seventh degree i don't know zen master of it if that <laughs> exists um, just because i use it so much and I've, I've had to learn to use it um, and kind of create different ways of working with it and um, so that as well I mean, just the basics. Um, if you if you can pick up the basics and start to build something with that, um, you know, it's it's a long journey. You will you ever fully master graphic design? Questionable. Um, things, trends, and stuff change, but it really is a case of just going through and seeing what other people do. What what is it that they're either being inspired by? What is their process? What tools do they use? What is their technique? Um, and just kind of going from that, uh, which sounds a little bit vague because it kind of is, but it, it's it's so subjective. You know, someone might just be in it so natural at Photoshop but rubbish at everything else, yeah. in which case, you know, <clears throat> work on your weaknesses. Work on your weaknesses. I'm a very lazy designer and uh, I use um, Adobe Spark. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> because yeah, it's yeah. so easy. It is just, for me, as a non-designer, to, to just get some quick designs done, whether it's social post or, you know, podcast cover artwork, whatever it might be. It's so quick and easy to go in there and just drag stuff around, use a few templates, boom, you're done. I mean, it's it's, it's very, it's for people like me who are useless when it comes to actual hardcore design. But there, there, are, there are soft, there are software, um, there is software out there for everyone. You just got to yeah, sniff it out sure, and find, sure. find the thing that works for you, haven't you? What about yeah. if, if you've got, 
Um, if out there listening to this, there's, I don't know, a 16, 17, 18-year-old guy or girl who's thinking about getting into the creative industries and particularly um, graphic design, and, and if they're listening to this, there's a good chance they've got an interest in motorsport. What advice can you give those people to to get their foot in the door? I, I've done a few podcasts around careers with other people on, on other people's podcasts, and it seems to be that while it might seem obvious to us now that we're in the industry and we've been in here for a long time and, and we've had our foot in the door, we've done that, we've we've made our way, it might seem obvious to us how to do it, but to people who are 17, 18, it, it might not be obvious at all and they, they are stuck and they don't know how to get their foot through the door. What advice can you give those people? Build a presence online. Um, you know, it, it, people... People need to like see that you're kind of active, you're proactive, you're doing things, you're um, you're pushing yourself because you, you know again it's all about um, optics. You know when it comes down to it, you want a, a employer to kind of be like this person really, really would be awesome to to come in and, and work for me. They're going to give me you know uh, extra gears. They're going to. Yeah, I'm not saying you should you know push yourself to the point you're burning out, but you want to obviously come off in the best possible light and you kind of put your personality out there the brand of you which is uh, again something I, I tend to preach a bit too much about but um creating that persona of yourself so that people can relate to you especially now with covid and this new parameter that has kind of come in and, and sort of disrupted the whole market people you know me giving you a cv which is just a very static piece of paper or a pdf doesn't relate anywhere near as much as you jumping on a video and saying, hey, I might not be the greatest uh, graphic designer ever, but here's a tool that I use and I found it really helpful. And there, I, you know, I can see you on the screen, I can see how you're talking and I get like, a, I can read you a little bit more. Mm. Um, and I, I think you've just got to put yourself out there in terms of networking. Um, networking was something I kind of discovered, I think, later. Um, but being in touch with people and again, where you're working on that brand of you and putting yourself out there and saying, hey, here's this latest thing that I created. What do you think? Um, you don't know the eyeballs that will see that. You don't know, you know, I've, I've had, I've seen Serena Williams um, retweet a post of mine to congratulate Lewis. Likewise, Boris Johnson has congratulated Lewis with a thing of mine. And so like, I didn't factor that in when I made it, right? So it just goes to show there's so many people, so many potential eyeballs and networking on places like LinkedIn where it's a professional um, sort of social platform where you have access to more than just, you know, other designers or other people who are creating. And now suddenly you're talking to people who make those decisions. You know, you don't know. You just don't know if they might see that and go, "Hey, this 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 kid's got some chops. Like, we should need to get him in the building, or we need to get her to come in and, and sort of uh, sit with our design team for a bit." It's creating opportunities for yourself, and you know that onus is on you. No one's going to do that for you, and likewise, no one's going to just randomly find you off of, you know, you hashtagging F one. Think how many yeah. hashtags there are for F one on Instagram. So you've just got to keep plugging away, and it's a grind. Unfortunately, it's not you know. Yeah. Rocky well, that, that's the thing. It is a grind. and You've got to get busy, haven't you? I mean, it, you know, if we look at your your social media, um, these collaborations that you've started doing and, and putting yourself out there and saying to people, right, let, let's let's collaborate for fun. You know, you're doing this in your spare time outside of your day job. You know, you've got to think creatively and strategically and, and do things that have a purpose. Um, and, and your social presence has grown rapidly in the last nine months because you've been so busy and keeping yourself um, out there and seen. 
Yeah, I mean, it's, it's something that I've always done anyway. Um, I'm sure my girlfriend, if you've got her own podcast, would give you a very, very different <laughs> view on, on my work ethic. Um, yeah, I've just I've always been been sort of wired that way. I don't get bored by graphic design, um, which is worrying sometimes. Um, so it's just kind of putting a um, a voice to, to those efforts because I think a lot of people just thought like, oh, cool, this dude just woke up one day, he was a lawyer, and now he works for F1. And they don't see the count, you know, it's that iceberg diagram. You haven't seen the countless hours. Um, as Alan Iverson said, you know, practice. We're talking about practice. I've spent... God knows how many hours trying to like get better or improve. And, you know, we've got so many creative, you know, talents coming through in this, I don't know, sports designer world who are popping up and are just blowing people's socks off with their Photoshop yeah. skills. And I'm like, all right, I have to raise my game. Yeah, so, yeah. um, you know, maybe it's the competitor in me a little bit as well. I, I, I don't know. But it's, you know, you, you really do have to find that time to make that effort. And yeah. people will see it ultimately. And people, I guess people are seeing it from me now. But, yeah. um, you know, it, it really is what builds that, that brand of you. And so it, it, I think you, you're... <laughs> You're spot on, I think, and and for for all all creatives yeah. actually, not just graphic designers. You know, it's nothing's ever going to come to you. Yeah. You've got to put yourself out there and make those opportunities come about. And as you say, optics are so important, and and that hard grind is is it, it, you can't. You, it doesn't happen otherwise, well, does well, it? it just let, me put, let me put it into context for you. So when I was working for the print company and I'm like, I need to get back to sport. Like I, I think I was starting to think this way. And then obviously the F1 thing appears miraculously. Um, I, I was like, all right, I'm going to just start really grinding away and like trying to grind Instagram. I was like, do I really use Twitter? I don't. I tweet like once every like three months and it's just to kind of cuss out ASOS's customer service or something. Um, <laughs> I was like, this is pointless. I'm going to grow my Instagram following. And it was going up by like increments. And I think I, at one point I was like, oh, awesome. I've hit 300 followers. That was like a, going on a year and a half to, no, wait, it'd be two and a half years ago. And it was just this tiny, tiny climb, tiny, tiny climb. And then I had like this boom moment. And having listened to so many different you know, podcasts and YouTube videos and stuff, you'll find that nine times out of 10, these YouTubers that appear out of nowhere haven't actually appeared from nowhere. Yeah. They've been grinding away in the background for a long time. So, you know, don't get it twisted. I think social media can kind of give this warped perception. Everything is like instantaneous. But, you know, I, I've been trying to, Wrote my you know, graphic design channel for four four years easily, yeah. and it's only happened now. So yeah, yeah keep keep pushing. And and you've got to keep current, haven't you? I saw um, some work you did maybe a month or so ago. I think it was around the time that Aston Martin started making noises in F one, and you did those those three D renders, um, which you know you you said yourself you were just learning and practicing and and putting it out there. So I suppose there's there's new technologies coming in design all the time. That as a, as a young person who might be trying to get ahead of the curve, you you need to know what those are and try and master them right oh yeah definitely and staying ahead of the curve is you know once you're uh, you know don't get it twisted i don't think i'm king of the hill but once you kind of get to a point now you start have to start you know you're changing your mindset because you're not chasing as much as you were to an extent there are people who are now chasing you which is a, still something i'm not entirely used to and kind of really thought about but you do need to kind of stay current um you know that was the nice thing about going from law to design things don't stay the same i've got law books that are out of date because you know brexit happened so you've just got to find different ways to kind of you know if if you know aston martin are going to release a car on thursday 
all right, so what could I do? What design could I do around that? That's going to tap into eyeballs that are design-based and eyeballs who are Aston Martin fans, F1 fans. You know, you break it down like that. Mm. We'll look at the calendar. Whose birth? Jensen Button's birthday's coming out. All right, I'll do a Jensen Button design. And it's it's things like that. Uh, I mean, it's not like I have like a, some like deep strategy. It really is just kind of like, oh, what's today? It's Tuesday, cool. I'm feeling like it's a Schumacher day. Yeah. It, 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 you know, there's, there's not really much method to my madness, but you just kind of have to think about that. And it ties back into the um, sort of what people are looking for. Um, you having an understanding of social media, what it, how it works, what people are looking for, and that feeds back into design. Yeah. Now, Jake, we have a final three questions that we ask all of our guests, um, and we very much want to include you in that as well. I hope you've uh, been studying hard for your answers for these. Um, I will. I'll kick off with the first one, shall I? Go for it. Um, what's got you excited at the moment, at this very moment in time? This well, this conversation. Uh, I'll give you one of those crappy answers. No, uh, I think. No, we like that. Well, that's that's fine. You can stick at that. Yeah. Seeing Tim again, oh, and seeing about like because he's like it. where I'm sat. He's sat in like a similar position to. Oh. Oh. You know, we were geographically <laughs> sat before. Oh, then were the so days. it's kind of getting flashbacks. I'll just uh, leave, shall I? Um, yeah, yeah, your third wheel, your third wheel. <laughs> uh, end of lockdown, F1 yeah. season approaching. Mm. I mean, there's, there's a lot. Uh, I, I just think uh, I think we're at an exciting time after so many years of dr- uh, months of, of drudgery. Feels does, like years. Does feel like feels years, like yeah. Years. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, absolutely. No, good answer. Um how much of your success is down to luck and right place, right time? And how much do you put down to sheer hard work? Uh, probably 70, 30, uh, 30 70 in, in that way round, I guess. I think there's been an element of luck. I think things have popped up at the right time. But then, you know, I, I dread to think how many hours I've put in behind the scenes when no one was looking yeah. and you know if I had a little time every single time yeah I, I, yeah I mean, let's go with that 30, 70. I think in your industry that sounds like a, a logical answer because I think mm. you know we, we speak to a lot of people um, and and they might put that the other way around but I think you know design is not one of those careers you can do a four hour working week on and, and expect to be a pro you've got to put in put in, put in <laughs> no. the hard the hard graph yeah you've got, you you've make got your to own put luck. your yeah, well, exactly. You've got to put yourself in a position to benefit from some luck, is yeah. what I think. You've got to work hard, and then the luck that comes, it will only be there because you've worked hard to sort of get it, if that makes sense. Yeah. That's how, I, that's how I've sort of looked at it. Um, a final question, though. What are you scared of? Stagnation. Oh, Easily. Nice one. Easily. It's all, it's, I mean, I didn't research any of these questions, by the way. Oh. Um, it, stag, stagnation, uh, that is what drives me and drives me crazy and I wouldn't say keeps me up at night, but it's probably the last thing I'm thinking about before I go to bed. Um, I do not want to stagnate. I don't want to kind of, you know, turn around and be like, oh, man, there's been no growth since last week. Uh, I'm, I'm not, I mean, if I don't see growth on a daily basis, that already annoys me as it, as it is. But if I can't turn around and say, oh, I didn't know how to do that thing, but that was last week and now I do, it, it annoys me. So I'm mm. constantly trying to find new programs or I'm trying to find some new technique or whatever it is. I just need to keep learning because, you know, I, as I said, the Michael Jordan chip on my shoulder, that voice in my head kind of like, oh, you're not really a designer though. Oh, you're a bit of a fraud though. You, oh. it's, it's trying to quieten that. And 
am I a little bit psycho for it? Yeah, probably. But it's it's probably what has uh, been my my biggest strength as a designer. Uh, just that drive to right, get better, get better, get better, and justify you know changing career ultimately. Yeah, yeah, no, great stuff. And and um, well, Jake, look, it's it's brilliant to see you again. We we must meet up for uh, a, a a beverage of the alcoholic Two kind. Wine. Um, Two wine bottles. A couple of yeah. bottles of wine would be, on would be fine. Exactly. Yeah. Harry <laughs> Harry loves buying wine for people, so it's on him. So, um, but it's really good to see you again. Great to see your your career has has hit these heights, and and um, you know things keep heading in the right direction for you. Um, I'm sure the advice that you've given will be really valuable to to a number of people who are listening to this, who who might be looking to get into Formula One or motorsport or just the creative industries. Full stop. So, thank you for all the the words of wisdom there. And, uh, and thank you for joining us on the podcast. We'll catch up with you soon. Most definitely. Most definitely. Thanks so much for having me. Before you go, one final reminder to check out the team at Grid Rival, the place to be for the 2021 motorsport season. If you think you really know your F1 and MotoGP, fancy yourself at making a bit of extra cash, setting up your own or joining a fantasy league, and making sure you have the best driver lineups for each race, all whilst getting access to the best motorsport content and chatting to like-minded fans, then Grid Rival is the place for you. Leagues go live at the end of February, so make sure you're at the front of the you by getting notified as soon as they're ready by heading over to their website gridrival.com or download their app from your selected app store and get prepped for a brand new season of motorsport with grid rival now if you're a really lovely person and fancy supporting the podcast further just head over to patreon or the link is in the podcast description we've got some great goodies and bonus content to give you if you sign up just search motormouth official on patreon and there are three levels of membership to choose from thank you so much for listening to the motormouth podcast Podcast, do make sure you give us a follow on our socials twitter at motormouth underscore instagram at motormouth underscore official and facebook just search motormouth you can also download the motormouth app where you can get exclusive video content from mmtv create your own social profile to interact with other fans and check up on all the latest happenings with whatever motorsport takes your fancy we're also proud to be supporting the brain tumor charity too so make sure you check the links in the podcast description to find out how you can help cure brain tumors quicker don't forget to like subscribe and review and until next time you've been listening to the motormouth podcast planning for your next trip elevate your travel style with quince quince has all the jet setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway like european linen premium luggage options buttery soft italian leather bags and so much more and is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.